We're going to take a spiritual flu shot. Spiritual virus shot. Spiritual cold shot. Right now, Jesus is here. It's because of him that we can do this. I'm serious about this. We all know how colds and flus and drippy noses and sore throats and all this can try to plague us in northern Minnesota. Well, not just here, but this time of the year, right? So, let's look to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. We thank you for directing us in this. And we receive right now that spiritual flu and virus and cold and sore throat, runny nose, whatever, stomach flu, all those, Lord. We just cover them all right now in prayer. In Jesus' name for everyone, from the oldest to the youngest here and in our extended church family, maybe some this morning that are dealing with that at home. It's by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, by his broken body, Forget none of his benefits, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. And we receive it now. Wholeness and healing, just like we sang about. Wholeness, we will arise in you. We're in you and you're in us. With that healing power, surely you have borne our sicknesses. Say this after me. Surely you have borne my sicknesses and carried my pains and redeemed my life from destruction, from sickness, from disease, from viruses, from colds, from flu. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, hallelujah. So we'll release the children now and we'll greet each other in the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Very good.
Good morning. There we go. Can we be there? Good morning. Good there morning. <laughs> All right. So before I say a prayer over our tithes and offerings this morning, I have a, a blessed life moment for us. And this one's entitled, uh, The Real Living God of Blessing in Us. And so we have often heard it repeated the revelations that Jesus gives us in his Beatitudes in Luke 6. Of the many things he details about the Christian life, he spends a significant part of this speech of what it means to be blessed, and what it means to bless, and to be blessed. He says, give and it will be given to you. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. In the same speech, he tells us to give to all who ask, and to ask no return or reward or interest for ourselves. To be merciful as our Father is merciful, to in fact bless our enemies and to show kindness to even the most um, unthankful person. And while reading this, we can be reminded of the parable of the man who was forgiven his great debt, but did not show the forg that forgiveness to another who owed him little by comparison. Now I read these precepts that Jesus lays out and yet find it so easy and so tempting to pull from them a conditional nature of God's goodness, love, forgiveness, and blessing. The message seems to be that either that I need to start earning my keep in the kingdom or pay and paying my dues to stay on his good side, perhaps, or that I should do all these things because it benefits me. Uh, give to get, blessed to be blessed. And I think it's obvious that these are both problematic when put into practice with legalism or selfishness as our motivation. So I believe this becomes the real, what becomes the real question is, so I believe this becomes the real question is we should have when it comes to a discussion of blessing, what is our motivation? And for this answer, at least in part, I look to the covenant that was made with Israel after they had been freed, just as we were freed from sin through Christ. God sets down a practical method of interaction between himself and his people, what we now know as the law. And the arguably most important portions of this agreement were that the people give of their precious resources, that is sacrifices, and give of their time, that is the Sabbath. Freely and, uh, freely and in return, they would receive such a bounty, a supernatural overflow, that according to Leviticus 26, they would have to clear out the old because of the new, that the harvest would last far beyond its necessity. But in this light, I still don't see a condition, nor a simple transaction of generosity for earthly wealth. What I see is risk. God is telling an agricultural community to not take advantage of an entire seventh of their year, and to give, it free, and to give freely of their yield, and yet to expect somehow a greater harvest for less work. This is an invitation to trust in the Lord with all our heart, to not learn, to not lean on our own understanding, to not lean on our own understanding, and for them not to lean on their own understanding, their centuries-old expertise on the growing of crops and the raising of livestock. That in the diversion from the obvious to serve, to have relationship with this God, comes a new reality that we take on faith that will come into fruition if that will come into fruition. If we, if we will only knock, we'll run the race, or we'll set the lamp before our feet, or whatever your favorite, favorite biblical metaphor may be. 
So in inviting us into a lifestyle of blessing, of generosity, Jesus, Jesus invites us into a deeper understanding of who he is and who we are on this earth. Not just because he said so, not just because that we have something to gain by it, but for the sake of bringing the truth of who our God is plainly to the forefront of the spiritual eyes of men, that they may see him unveiled in us alive today. Hmm. So I'll just say a prayer for us today that Jesus, through us, open the eyes of those around us, that as we give, hmm. that we would realize that what we're doing isn't just sowing monetary sustenance into an earthly world, but we're sowing something spiritual into a reality that you have and that you hold beyond what we see and what we hear and what we taste. Jesus, help us to see that reality inside of us, that it will come out all the more this week, this month, this year. And we thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you've done so that that can be true and can come to us, that that veil has been torn between us and the reality of who you are. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Peter. And as most of you know, probably we do not pass a tithe and offering plate here, but we have boxes in the back where you can put your tithes and offerings. And uh, also there's a few things I might just mention. Pastor Dean, I'll have you come up Pastor Dean's going to just give an announcement about the class that he teaches each week. But also make mention that there is a meal today that is served by our youth, TCC youth. But we'll let you do that right now, Pastor Dean. Uh, praise the Lord. And we do a healing teaching class in the fellowship all on 930 on Sunday mornings, and we're studying not we're studying what God has provided for us, His heart for us to receive, what Jesus has done, and also the principles that God desires for us to walk in, to be able to minister healing to others. And so we're kind of covering all those things, and. It was interesting this morning. We were, I was driving here just kind of praying and within a few miles, and I just saw the wind of the Spirit in healing, healing move this morning, coming to be with us this morning. Sometimes he has special visitations. And if you have a need, make sure you receive prayer. Because, you know, sometimes we need something more than our own faith. We need, he will move through others, he'll move through the body of Christ. So we'll be here to pray with you. Yes. But you know, our healing classes are designed so that uh, they're not ongoing building upon, if you, if you come one time, they're self-sustaining teachings. You can come and you receive. Uh, in the word of God, we'll have discussion. We pray for people, so just come. <laughs> Amen. 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 Yeah, I know it's interesting. I think, you know, I'm still really learning about some of these things. I'm sure many of you are too, but 
I had that sense this morning too. And so I just was waiting on the Lord about the healing. And then like, well, Lord, what did you have this morning to do with that? And then the flu shot or the spiritual flu shot thing came. And so just following through on that, but it is, I believe that's really true. I sense that same thing, that healing. You know, Jesus is always within us and present to heal. I mean, he is, it's a finished work, but there are gifts of the Spirit and flows of the Spirit that happen in meetings. And so just receive that today. If it's something in your body, or maybe in your mind or emotions or, or whatever, but hallelujah. <clears throat> and then just a few other notes as far as possible year-end giving, um, financial giving, like with offerings and such. We are going to have Brittany Fairbanks here at our church. She grew up in our church. Um, She's going to be here on November 26. Brittany is just a very special young lady. We see her sometimes at Green Mill, Joyce and I eat there sometimes, and uh, see her. And she is home right now for a season to raise funds to go back. She's been, I think it's eight years now, she's been at an orphanage in Mexico. And uh, she's needing to raise funds for that. And so she'll be here the last Sunday of this month. And then on December 10, well, we're going to have a Gideon here, Wayne Teeman. And he'll be bringing a brief word about Gideons. And he'll receive an offering. Probably they usually are at the back uh, with an open Bible and we can put offerings there. I just wanted you to know about that because sometimes when we... We'll probably put this in our, out in our post, too, that we send out. But then also, probably next spring, we're looking at a few things with the church house, uh, particularly the old part of the building. I guess there's some things that will be done. Uh, later on, you'll probably get more details from some of those that have been working on that. But I'm just kind of putting it out there, we don't even have a amount, a figure amount on that, but, and then also something that's been on my thoughts for a long time, <clears throat> I'd say years, but just, we just haven't, you know, been other priorities, and then of course for many years we were paying off our building and so, and such, uh, thank God, you know, our building, we have no, no debts, nothing like that. And uh, we don't int intend to do that again. We, we needed, it wasn't wrong that we did it. When we did it, I don't believe that at all. Because then we were able to use this, this building for many years while we were finishing paying it off. But we don't intend to do that again as far as uh, getting loans and such. But this is what I, I, has been on my heart, is have a sign out there Above, it would be above the sign that's already there, that's in memory of Pauline Fellows, the sign that's out by the road, the church sign, um, that would 
probably be like, I don't know if it's called an LED or but something that would give service times or special events like when we had Hallelujah Night, you know, to invite, put it out there. Lots of cars go past on Highway 71. And uh, I'll be bringing some different options and we'd like some input from you all as far as there's different levels or, you know, prices of them. And uh, we want to make sure we have them big enough, of course, for people to read from the highway, but other than that, like color or black and white and things like that. So <clears throat> that is something that um, I don't know what the time frame would just be when the finances would be there. But uh, okay, just a few more things before we get in the word. I'll share this one more time on Sunday morning worship. Uh, weather-related questions, if there's winter storms, if there's a winter storm warning or wind chill warning, then our worship teams and children's ministers and so forth, we are not requiring them to come, just to use their own judgment if they would come or not. But uh, there wouldn't be a meal. Joyce and I, if we can get here, we will, and we'll have a service with whoever can make it. It seems to work out pretty good, so... That's what we will be doing again, and we will post it, and we'll email it out as well. Now, this coming Wednesday, we're having a service here at the church house at 6.30 to 8. Tim and Kathy Pomp and team will be leading that, and this is what Tim sent, expressions of miracles, beginning with salvation, when God takes a sinner and begins a miracle of transformation, and then as Sickness and life circumstances demand miracles in our life. I want to show you four biblical expressions, grace and faith and thanksgiving and compassion, four expressions that make up a miracle. So come and worship and be changed, Tim and Kath. And then that was from them. And then some other upcoming things on Friday night, uh, the Dudleys are going to open their home to like a fellowship game night. And by the way, so thankful Kent pressed through. Kent was dealing with his voice sounded great this morning, but uh, he wasn't able to sing very well before. And, but the Lord, Lord helped. We we're thanking for healing for him. But that's thank you, Lord, your healing power there. But that'll be Friday night, and then our Thanksgiving service as a church will be on next Sunday. November 19th, and we will be having a meal after that service. Adana Maria will be serving a meal. And then the 29th is decorating day. Wednesday the 6th, we're having a Christmas concert with Kent and team. And then we're having a Christmas service on Christmas Eve day, December 24th. That'll be our regular Sunday morning worship. And then the same the next week with a New Year's Eve service will be on uh, the 31st at 10.30. And then if you would continue praying with me about potential meetings on some Wednesdays in January. Actually, what I've been sensing, like for the first one, I think it maybe is the 10th, possibly having a healing meeting on that night. And uh, so anyway, we will let you know as soon as we have that down good. Praise God. 
I'm just going to mention this real briefly because it seems like I've skipped over it so often because uh, it just hasn't seemed like the time, but our, our vision and goal as a church, it's connecting people to God, connecting people to people, and connecting people to service. And uh, so occasionally we just kind of keep bringing that out. And uh, actually, I think Joyce and maybe some others have worked at, we've gotten lots of things done. We had a work day and a few other things here a few weeks back, a lot got done. And some others have signed up for other things that have done it even since then. But on the board, on your way to going to eat there on the left side as you're going, there's a, a list of certain projects that still need to be done. And if you would like to help with one of those, if that would be great. That's the service part. It's not the only place we can do service here in the church house, but that is one way. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so, here, let's get in the Word together. Message, I would say the title for this is Abiding in the Vine Brings Victorious Living. Abiding in the Vine brings victory in our lives. And as we abide in Jesus, we stay connected to the life source which allows us to reign in this life as victors. Now let's go back to John 15 and starting at verse 1 today and look at this scripture. It says, Jesus said this. He says, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. So Jesus is the vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and see, we're the branches. If it doesn't bear fruit, he takes it away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. That's true. I know like our roses, Joyce usually is the one that prunes them, actually, cuts them off. My tendency is just to let them grow out, and I think, well, that's whatever. But she'll cut them down at least half the plant in in the fall, and then they just explode the next spring. Is that the way it is? You prune them back for more fruit uh, with the fruit of the roses, the flower, and, and so forth. But uh, in our lives, there are things that if there is fruit that's been coming, and I would, my sense would be that with all of you, there has been fruit. But there are times when there's the pruning that takes place. And what is that in our lives? Well... One thing you hear an awful lot in these days is, well, I'm just too busy. Well, if you're too busy, then you're too busy. And maybe something needs to be pruned. And who can help you know what should be pruned? The Lord can. You know, and he can show us what it is. Our Father God, the vine dresser, he can show you. He will show you, even now. Maybe he's already shown you since I said that. He's the teacher. He's the real teacher here. 
Then Jesus said, you are clean, you're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. The cleaning and pruning, so much it takes place through the word, through his truth. Sometimes there's just plain junk that needs to be cleaned off. Areas of sin, you know, where we miss it. Hallelujah. Lowell. O'Brien. 95 years old. Got a deer. That may be close to a record. You say, what's that got to do with this? I really don't know if it has anything to do with this. <clears throat> but it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you're clean because of the Word. The Word cleans us. We talked last about, week about devotional things and such that can help us to stay connected to the vine and close fellowship. Well, this Word, it cleans us. It cleanses, cleanses us. It talks in Ephesians 5 of the washing of the water of the Word. Oh, how precious it is. And we just need to stay in the Word. You're clean through it. And then Jesus went on. He said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Bears much fruit. In a little bit I'm going to show you a tomato plant. I never saw so much fruit on a tomato plant. You'll see it in a few moments. But For apart from me, you can do what? Say that again. Nothing? That's what Jesus said, nothing. Wow. So we don't want to be apart from him in anything that we do. Jesus said he didn't do anything except the Father showed him to do it. You know what? We can get that way too. Yeah? If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask, and you is understood, you ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Because when we're that way, what we wish will be right. It'll be life-giving. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. We see you as fruit bearers. Fruit bearers, much fruit. And we just see that coming forth even more. You might remember last Sunday as I was sharing ways to remain in a strong abiding connection with the Lord. I mentioned how the Lord lines up things even in our devotional reading or listening that will help us to grow at that particular time in our life. I mean, he just has it orchestrated. So often it seems that way. Well, last Sunday I was talking about abiding in the vine. And then last Monday I was reading Kenneth Hagin's Faith Food for the day. And this is what was in there. 
God's word abides in us in the measure that it governs our lives. In the measure that we act upon it. And when we're abiding in him and when we're acting upon the word of God, there's going to be fruit. Okay, let's, let's get that tomato plant up there. Isn't that neat? I just like looking at that. I mean, it just... <laughs> I never had a tomato plant that looked like that, I don't think. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Just look at it. Those look like kind of Roma tomatoes or something, don't they? Paste tomatoes. Just keep it up there, Anthony. You know, you know, Kenneth Hagin there, he said, I'll read that again too. Just leave the tomatoes up there though. God's word abides in us in the measure that it governs our lives, in the measure that we act upon it. Or we could say, God's word abides in us and will bear fruit to the measure to the measure that we act as though it is true. That we really act like this is true. You know, if we really did that, we wouldn't worry. Hello? You still there? And see, then fruit will come. Worry is a part of fear. Fear cuts off fruit. That's what needs to be pruned off. Worry and care. Anxiety. It quenches the fruit. Acting as though God's word is true is living the word. And it will bear fruit in our lives. Acting as though God's word is true is abiding in the word. And then that word abide. The Greek, it's a primary verb. It's a root word type thing, and it's to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy. Abide, continue, dwell, endure, be present, remain, stand, tarry. Some translations use the word remain for that word abide. Last week I had a pepper plant here, that a branch of a pepper plant that had been separated from the vine. It did not look very good. But today I want to look at that fruit again. Let's put up that tomato plant again. I want to look at... These have been connected to the vine and they've remained in the vine and that's what happens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that we may be spiritual vines that bear fruit just like this every day. We're talking about fruit, what Jesus said, fruit. That the Father's glorified when we bear much fruit. That can be a lot of things. We do think of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness, and so forth, but it goes beyond that. There's so much fruit. A lot of it comes right from that. But there's the fruit of the power of the Spirit, like the healing touch on people's lives. That's, that's experienced when we're abiding in the vine. Yes, that's a fruitful vine. 
Here's another scripture that mentions the life flow coming from God that flows out from within us and is very fruitful. John 7, 37. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture had said, out of his heart will flow rivers. Not just one river, but rivers, plural, of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. The Holy Spirit, who's in you now and in me. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus now has been glorified. And the Spirit is in us. Rivers of living water. Rivers of the water of life. Rivers of life-giving power. Flowing in our spirit, into our spirit being from the Holy Spirit. And then from our spirit outward and bringing life to whatever area is needing it in me right now. Oh, yeah. Life, flow, to whatever area is needing it in me right now or in you. This river of life-giving power then affects the things that my life touches. It affects me, and then it affects where my life touches. It affects the people that my life touches. It touches and it changes the family that I'm a part of. The family that my life touches. It touches and it changes. It affects the workplace, the business that my life touches. It touches the church family that my life touches. This river of living water restores, it revives, it revitalizes wherever it is received. Wherever it's received. Okay, we got another picture here. It's of a river and the life that's along that river. On our recent trip to Colorado for the minister's conference, Joyce and I drove through Nebraska and South Dakota. This isn't Nebraska. And it's not South Dakota, as you can tell. But it has been very dry there where we went through in Nebraska and South Dakota, and the grass was basically dead, hardly any there. Um, and it was brown. But where water was still flowing in rivers, they were lined kind of like this is, with flourishing trees and green vegetation. And in the low-lying areas where the river affected, it was that way. Now realize this. The Spirit of God with those life-giving rivers. God's Son, by His Spirit, is in you and me right now. And He brings living water to us into the areas where there is dry, parched ground. Even in the desert places. Coated by life, or coated, surrounded by life. He keeps our leaves alive and green when we abide in Him and allow His rivers to flow out through us, and what we touch has the life touch. 
the life touch, the life touch. I can't help but think of Psalm 1 when I talk about that. So let's look there just a moment at Psalm 1. This is New Living Translation. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. The wicked are those that have been twisted off. They aren't connected. Or stand in the way around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, the word of God. Meditating on it day and night, they're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Even through the dry times, their leaves aren't withered. Their leaves aren't withered, and they prosper. There's victorious living. There's reigning in life in all they do, it says. Is that possible, Pastor Steve? Yes. The Bible says so. The Bible tells me so. We haven't reached that yet, but we're on the way. Amen? We're going that direction. But not the wicked. Not the disconnected. Not those that are twisted off from his ways. They're like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. We are not under condemnation in Christ Jesus. Never. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to what? Destruction. What a difference. What a difference. Okay, Anthony has a picture now of that tree. A beautiful tree planted by the river of water. Meditating on the word day and night. That has the sound of abiding in the vine. It sure does. I was looking for pictures like this for, to show you, and, and then this picture was there, and I thought, what's that, a rock? Around that tree or something? Is it growing through a rock? And then I, you know, on here I can spread it out and make it, make it bigger. And... Uh, it's actually superimposed on the Word of God. It's a Bible. Can you tell that? It's a, it's a Bible. It's coming up out of a, a Bible. And that's the way we are when we're... That's our rock. Jesus is our rock. The Word of God is our rock. Jesus is the vine. He's the vine. The Word of God made flesh. And He now abides and lives within you and me, by his Spirit, bringing life and fruitfulness. Yeah, Galatians 4, 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, into your spirits, crying, Abba, Father, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts and my heart. The Spirit of his Son. And he is life. He brings rivers of life. These are rivers that bring life and light, dispelling death, dispelling 
dispelling darkness to you in your life. John 1, 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. His life dispels the darkness, dullness, dryness, and lights a fire making us spiritually on fire, a glow with the Spirit of God. So reviving, renewal, restoration come by the Spirit of God as we abide in the vine, as we stay connected with Him, abiding, remaining in Him, and as we act as though the Word of God is really true. Praise God. I'm abiding in the vine. Why don't you say this after me as we close here today? I'm abiding in the vine. The Word of God cleanses me. I'm clean through the Word of God. I have a great vine dresser. My Father God, I have a great vine. Jesus, I'm his branch. I stay connected. And I don't hang around the wicked. I don't stand around sinners. And I don't join in with mockers. But I delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. I'm a, like a tree planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. My leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do. I don't wither. I reign in life through Christ. Abiding in Him, I walk in victory. You say, why do you have us say that, Steve? There's something very powerful, and I'm learning it more and more as I grow, grow older, that what we say is so important. What we speak is so important, and it does something. It's really part of salvation, believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth. And as we speak prophetically, we are the prof prophet of our own life, speaking prophetically over situations in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your peace, your consciousness of your presence, and your power, your fruit in our lives in this week that's before us now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in agreement said, remember there's a meal to be served today by the youth, Ten Strike Church youth, and uh, 
If you like ministry, and come to the altar here. There will be ministers here. God bless you all. And this week ahead, praise God.